The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647 US 12 West in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. Uh, usually I get to stand up here and I'll tell you how excited I am, how excited I've been all week about the sermon. I am really excited, but the week's been a little, little bit different for me this week. Uh, the beginning of the week I study on this, and uh, I'll tell you in a second, I'm real excited because it was very applicable to my life. Then I had to kind of put the sermon aside. Uh, the church, there's about 10 families now that had a camping trip at Pokagon. And uh, Francis and I, you know, couldn't stay there for today, but we decided to join them Friday night. We're not good campers. Um, and uh, through a series of poor decisions, uh, we slept. If you could take a boat, boat together, we got about two hours maybe together uh, on Friday night. So we were in pretty rough shape last night. I, I got home and uh, I thought, okay, I got to look over the sermon. And I kind of looked at it and I thought, no way. But this morning, uh, I dug into it again and, and got pretty excited. Uh, we were both, she went to bed at like 8.30 last night. And I was like, I, I got to stay up till 10. At 8.45, I thought, why? Uh, I can barely stay. So anyway, we were both in bed before the, before the uh, sun went down last night. But uh, feel a little bit better today. Got to get excited about the sermon again. And I wanted to, to explain a little bit. We were going through the Lord's... Uh, I'm sorry, the Sermon on the Mount, and we'd already looked a few weeks ago at the Lord's Prayer. Well, Jesus is bringing up prayer again, and I just want to emphasize that. I've used this quote from a professor that I had in college. He always said that repetition, uh, he was the guy that had a little bit uh, too much saliva in his mouth, so he always said repetition is the key to learning, and um, obviously he was right because he repeated over and over again, and I still remember it. Uh, but the other thing that he would say is repetition in the Bible is always for emphasis, okay? And uh, whenever Jesus repeats something, we see that it is for emphasis, okay? So in the Sermon on the Mount, he's going to talk about prayer one time uh, back in chapter 5, and he talks us to pray, Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Uh, and now he is going to talk to us again about prayer. Apparently, to Jesus, this uh, is something that he really wants to emphasize and how important it, it is in our lives. It's kind of a strange thing, actually, in some ways, because if, if we look at it, we will in a couple minutes, it's in the imperative tense, which is the idea, it's a command, it's imperative. I'm telling you to pray. I told you back there to pray, now I'm telling you again. There's other places in the Bible, some of you might know Jeremiah 33, 3, call unto me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things that you don't know. Again, it's in the imperative. Why do we have to be told to pray? It's kind of strange, isn't it? Uh, if you think about it, telling your kids, hey, I want you to ask me for something. No, no, I mean it. I'm tired of you not asking me for anything. I want you to come to me and tell me what you want, okay? And if you don't, no dinner. You're going to your room, you know, that, that type of thing. But Jesus is commanding prayer. Why is that? Well, truth of the matter is, I mean, well, I mean, we know it's not to instruct God. We know it's not to inform God. Uh, we learned a couple weeks ago it's not to impress God. Uh, so, you know, so why is God telling us the importance of prayer? Because we struggle with it, do we not? Uh, Josh just mentioned Jeremy Howard, and uh, those of you that have been around their church for a couple years, you know that our church faced an incredibly difficult time with Jeremy's passing because we prayed our full heads off for him. 
and uh, and kept praying, and yet and yet the Lord took him, and and we were like, you know, why 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 should I pray then? You know, if if it doesn't really accomplish anything, you know, why is God telling me to pray? Prayer acts. I wanted to share this too. Uh, before we get into this, in my journey this week, I got thinking about it. I, I told you uh, I've been doing this devotional guide that is read through the Bible in the year, and I decided for summer I'd take a little break, and I've just been reading some of my favorite uh, books of the Bible. And on Monday, I started off reading in the book of Timothy, which is written to pastors. And I just thought, hey, yeah, I'll read, th- I'll read through Timothy. And so I'm, I'm trying to make the application. Some of you may know in, in Tim- Timothy chapter 3, it gives the requirements for a pastor. And I thought, well, I better look at this and say, how am I doing? This first part's going to sound really bad. Uh, but I read through all this little list about loving my wife and, and not being a lover of money and stuff like that. And I thought to myself, you know what? I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> it's a good thing because those are the requirements. Uh, but, uh, but I thought, you know, I'm pretty good here. I, I was like, Lord, is there something in one of these areas you really want me to work on and, and improve? And I thought, I'm pretty good. And then my eyes went back to chapter 2. Uh, where, where he's writing to Timothy, and here's what he says to the pastor. He says, first of all, then, I urge you, the supplications, prayers, and intercession, first of all, the first thing I want you to do, I want you to pray. And you know, listen to this, it is more important that you have a pastor who is a good prayer than a good preacher. I want, you, I want you to remember that someday, you know, when you're looking for my replacement. Uh, but, no, not next week. Uh, but uh, don't get excited. But, uh, but I, I want you to remember the importance of that. And I also have to confess, this is the area where God said, hey, <laughs> you, you wanted something? You know, as you're looking at Timothy, you wanted something you can work on and improve in your life. This is definitely it for me, too. It is, and I, I've shared that before. This is something, a a definite area that I want to keep working on and growing as far as prayer goes, and I need to keep working on and growing as far as prayer goes. And, you know, that's what Jesus said, okay, let's, here, I'm going to give you some some instruction here. You know, how are we going to make it, uh, you know, if you will, so that you can do this this, when it is hard? You know, again, a very strange command. By by the way, before I get to our text, one more thing. I listened to... uh, interview this week with a guy named Tim Keller. I don't know how many of you are familiar with Tim Keller. He pastored in New York for many years, uh, Redeemer Church there. Uh, Tim recently passed away a couple weeks ago, but I heard an interview from a couple weeks before that, uh, and uh, Tim was talking about, uh, and he was you know, obviously pretty close to passing away at that time, and they were, they were asking him, and he said, yes, he said, I pray twice a day for healing. I continue to pray all the time for healing, and I pray, Lord, but however you want to use this, however you want to bring glory to yourself, uh, that's what he wanted. He said, but the important thing was I prayed, and I continued to talk to God. And I, I, I love just his, his approach and his attitude towards it as he begi- uh, continued to ask God and was close enough to him to walk th- with this through him through the hard times, even though the, the idea that he had in mind. You know, when we think about prayer, uh, it is always answered. Sometimes it is answered directly. In other words, we get exactly what we ask for. Sometimes it is answered, but it is delayed. Uh, God says, hold on, this isn't the timing. I'm going to send it to you later. Sometimes, though, his answer is different than what we want. We want a yes, and he says no. We want God to take away the hard times, and God says, instead, I'm going to strengthen you for the hard times. Don't really like that that crazy. And so we struggle with prayer. So let's look at our passage saying, okay, God, what is it that you want to teach us? How do you want to help us grow? in this area what are you trying to say to us about prayer for he says ask 
and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. The one who knocks, it will be opened. Or which of you, okay, now he's going to illustrate for a second. Which of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a rock? I do think, or a stone. I think this is a little bit, again, of, if you want to say humor of the time. (laughs) Here you go. Uh, Yeah, it's a little chewy, I know. Uh, Not all that good. Or which of you asked for a fish? Will he give him a serpent? Okay? If you then are evil and you know how to give good uh, good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good gifts? things to ask him now let's take this whole passage and kind of look at some things that jesus tells us about prayer one of them and he continues to emphasize this idea of personal again back in chapter five how do you start father father in heaven almost as if i'm sitting on uh dad's lap and saying father father that relationship is so special but prayer makes us aware of our need It attacks our pride. It invites him into our lives. And someone has said, I think accurately, that we will never be any stronger spiritually than our prayer lives. Now, I'm not trying to be preachy here. I'm trying to be real and just talk to you for a minute. Think about that statement. We will never be any stronger spiritually than our prayer lives. I say that because I don't think I'm the only one who would not say, hey, this is the strongest area of my life. I think many of us struggle uh, staying faithful to prayer. Uh, And I think what Jesus is is giving us is a whole new look at this and a whole new perspective that will help us strengthen our prayer lives. Uh, He wants us to be comfortable asking him things. After a year and a half, I finally, and you know, I'm I'm kind of, I don't warm up to technology very quickly. (laughs) That's an understatement. Uh, But uh, I finally have got where I'll talk to my car. You know, I got the Bluetooth on, and you know, what's the score of this game? You know, Francis is like, you're having fun, aren't you? I am. Uh, just riding around, and we're, t- we're having a conversation. Uh, I, sometimes it tells me it can't tell me that while I'm driving. I never figure that out. There's some things it'll tell me, and some it's, it'll say, I can't tell you that while you're driving. <laughs> is it going to be bad news? They're losing again. I don't know. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, I... It, That whole idea of learning to be comfortable asking and talking like that, it took me some time. Well, I think this passage helps us get comfortable to talking to God that way. The way you might to your car, the way you might to Alexa. Alexa, would you turn on the... uh the vacuum cleaner while I'm leaving, you know, and a little thing goes around the room, you, you know, where we get where we're just comfortable and it becomes almost second nature that this relationship develops. A second thing that I think we see in that passage is that this prayer is to be passionate. The Bible, you, you, uh, the word seek there is that idea of look until you find. I mean, go after it and expect to find. Uh, you know, you're seeking God, expect to draw close to him, expect to find this. You know, really, really get, get here. Someone said that cold prayers freeze before they get to heaven. So we want to have a passionate prayer. What is it that would help you become more passionate in your prayer life? Maybe having a specific place. Maybe having a specific posture. Maybe having a specific plan. But let's get real about it. Let's get passionate about this. Okay? Now, he also talks about a persistent prayer. He said, ask and keep asking. Why? We wear down God? No, that's not it. God doesn't need to be warned on. He doesn't need to hear again. He's not forgetful. But he does want us to develop that habit. Um, Someone has said that character is right by reflex. He wants us to develop a right behavior, rut in our life of learning to pray, where I just have done this so many times that it becomes more and more of a second nature. 
I have a couple things in that I cannot retrain my brain on. Uh, it was a, like a year ago now that I got my new hip. But I don't know how for how many years, a couple things. One is when I get out of a car, I, I needed help lifting my right leg out of the car. <laughs> so, Grandpa, I probably could park in the handicap spot. Nobody questioned me. But, um, but, you know, but I still, I don't need to now. In fact, I need to use that leg and lift it out of there. But I always find myself going, <laughs> you know, lift, lifting it out like, like that. I'm sure you people, people then hold the door for me when I'm going in. And can I help you, sir? Things like that. So it helps a little bit. But I can't even, for a long time, too, putting on a sock. You know, that was always kind of an adventure. I had to go to get, put the sock on the floor, kind of work my toes in, barely lift my foot and slide it the rest of the way. I still find myself doing it. Like, I'll be halfway through putting on the sock, and I'll go, hey, wait a minute. I can actually do this now. Uh, you know, but in my mind, I'm sorry, one more stupid story like that. I had a, a filling, uh, not filling, a, a crown fall off a couple weeks ago, and uh, the cold would, you know, make me <laughs> say things I'm not saying. Anyway, uh, but uh, so... Um, I had to you know, train my little mouth to guard that spot back there. Have you ever had to do that? Like that. Man, after five days, I got great. You know, I was drinking. But then five days later, I'm still doing that. <laughs> like, wait a minute. Now I can go back there. They put a new cap on there. Uh, it doesn't hurt, hurt anymore. But you, you, it's, you get in that rut of behavior over and over again. God is calling us, if you will, to get into a rut of prayer. Let's ask and let's keep asking. Let's, let's stay at it. Let's pray until the, I have either an answer in my hand or an answer in my heart. I know what God is saying. Let me stay after this. Why? Let's, let's combine all these first three things. The idea of it being personal. The idea of, a, of us being persistent. The idea of it being passionate. And take what God wants to give us of a whole new perspective. Because he is all about talking about this relationship. That's what he illustrates here when he says, which of you asks his father and the father's going to give you a rock instead of bread? Which of you is he going to give you a serpent instead of, uh, you know, the fish that you asked for? It's not going to make sense. Let's understand to whom it is that we are praying. Because the Bible said in that passage, how much more will your heavenly Father, and, and, and if we understand that God wants to do what is best for us, do we believe that he really wants what's best? Somebody has said that there is nothing outside the reach of prayer except for that which is outside the will of God. But what Jesus does in this passage is he shows us the heart of the Father. And the nature of the parent, the way we see our parent as far as wanting to hear our prayers, as far as loving us and wanting to answer our prayers, is going to determine how much we're pr we'll pray. And you think about that, the na how we see that parent. If we see them as cold and indifferent, why ask? But if we see his nature, and that's what he is revealing to us. Um, okay, I, I mentioned a little camping excursion <laughs> It's kind of a weird, weird thing. We have camped uh, as our kids were growing up. Usually once summer, we would go for a couple days down to Potato Creek. And uh, we were in good campers. We didn't have the nice uh, RVs or anything like that. In fact, we had a, a Ford Ranger that had an extended cab and the two side seats that fold down. I don't even know if those are still legal. Uh, but we would throw, you know, the firewood in the back and then the, the layer of toys and clothes and stuff like that, and then the bikes on top, and then the bungee straps, and, went, and we'd look like the Beverly Hillbillies, and we'd head down for Theta Creek, and when we pulled in, I think everybody in their RVs was looking like, oh no, <laughs> there goes the neighborhood. Uh, you know, they're pulling in there, and we'd spend a couple nights down there, and as I was lying there Friday night, shivering, <laughs> Real quick, my wife said, you know, she had this blanket ready to go. I said, Francis, it's 90. We don't need a blanket. 
Put the blanket away. Good move, Dan. Uh, <laughs> it got a little chilly on the ground in the tent on Friday night. And uh, like I said, we maybe got an, an hour sleep out of the whole thing. It was not a joyful experience uh, in our life. But as I'm lying there in the middle of the night remembering these camping trips, we had some horrible ones. I mean, we got smoked out. You know, we burned the food. Uh, we had raccoons get the food. We had birds get the food. Uh, it rained pretty much every time we went. A couple times so much that we had to just roll all our wet stuff together in a ball, stick it on the back of the truck, and go home in the middle of the night. I mean, we were we were terrible campers. We weren't we weren't very good. And you know, I was I was reliving all these wonderful moments together. And then I I got thinking about this. This is so weird. Both of our kids. I mean, our oldest grandkid is four. And both of our kids are already trying to get their families camping because that was the best memories they ever had. Isn't that weird? You say you got dumb kids. Yeah, uh, I do. But, but, but if you think about it here for a second, I, you know, I'm trying to think why. Why? Why did they enjoy this? You know, we, we, had, yeah, what, we had one tent, you know. We, uh, you know, what? Yeah, it really was it. This is the time when it's us. And mom and dad, and that's just all there is, and a great time like that. And I think if we get that idea there, that when Jesus is talking about these things about prayer here, that's what he's saying. I want this relationship with you. Do you understand that? That's what I want. And there will be good times, and there will be bad times, and there will be some smooth sailing, and there will be some tough sailing. But I want to I walk with you through it all, and I want you talking with me through it all. This is what I want. Okay, isn't that awesome? I found another verse I want to share with you. I, I love this verse so much. I, I, I wrote it in the front of my journal. It's one of the things I want to hold on to. Uh, this is from, uh, this is Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse number 12. Sorry, I just put 12 up there. Second Chronicles 20, 12. It's a story of Jehoshaphat. Great name. You know, there's so many good kings. Uh, I'm sorry, there's not many good kings in the, New, in the Old Testament. But every one of them, everybody names their kids after them. You know, you got your aces. And nobody ever names their kid Jehoshaphat. <laughs> That's a good name. Uh, I like it. But anyway, Jehoshaphat is a face with... Never mind. Uh, but <laughs> Jehoshaphat is faced with this alliance of armies. And he's like, man, what are we going to do? Yeah, we, don't we don't have a prayer. I love one phrase in here. Whatever you wish that others would do to you. I have no idea where I am in my sermon, do I? Let's go to that, and then maybe we'll come back to that. I don't know if I have time or not. There's Second Chronicles 20.12. Aren't you glad? I Did I mention I didn't have any sleep Friday night? <laughs> okay. Got to let that slide. Uh, okay, let's go, to, let's go to this here. We'll definitely get into 12 next week, which is the golden rule. I was going to tie it together, but we'll go ahead to this. Oh, our God, will, there be, will, will you not execute judgment on them? He's facing all these enemies, okay? For we are powerless against the great horde that is coming after us. Look at this next phrase. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. I love that phrase, you know, how much we want to take that in our life. I don't know what to do right now, Lord, but I want to walk with you through it. Okay, I don't know what you're doing, God, but I want to walk with you through it. I want to pray. I want prayer to be such a habit in my life. Have you just thought for a moment about <laughs> the uncertainty even of the rest of 2023 and then beyond? We really, so, Francis and I were sitting Monday morning, Memorial Day. We, we had taken the day and had no plans because the week before had been real busy. So we were sitting outside. We had had breakfast outside. We were sitting outside. I was remembering the last day we did that was last Labor Day. And we were sitting there having a nice calm breakfast out there, and we got a phone call. 
that altered the rest of our year pretty severely. <laughs> you know, it has really sent things spinning and, uh, and, and, and got things going. And I thought, man, we never saw that one coming. How many times have we seen that in, in life? And honestly, we have no We'll make our plans, and we should. And, and uh, you know, we'll prepare for things and all that stuff like that. But we have no idea what the rest of 23 holds, what the next week holds. Uh, we have no idea beyond that. And if we just kind of realize that, well, I, I don't know. I don't know what's coming, God. I don't, I, you know, I have no idea, but you know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm going to get to some places in my life where I have no idea what to do, but I want to keep my eyes on you. Do you see it there? Do you see what Jesus is saying? He wants to emphasize, and again, strange that he'd have to command us. I want you asking me for things. I want you to do this, but it's like we need to be told that because if we're honest, prayer's hard and we don't do it. Uh, I want you to develop a persistent uh, habit of prayer. I want you to cut a rut in your life that you're stuck in where you're going to pray no matter what. I want you to develop that as, as part of your character because more than anything, I want this relationship with you. I'm explaining it to you, okay? A father's not going to give his kids something that's going to hurt them. A father's going to do what's best for him. How much more God? That's what Jesus is telling them there. Okay, we might not understand exactly what he's doing, but I can trust him. I know who he is. I know his heart. He shows me his heart in this passage. So therefore, I can trust him. Now, one of the things that helps us to trust the heart of God, and one of the things, you know, like I was lying in the tent uh, going down memory lane. I'm going to invite you to go down memory lane with me here for a few minutes here too because this is something that Jesus told us to do. He said, one of the things I want you to do is I want you to remember my sacrifice. I want you to do this on a regular basis. Uh, we call it communion, communing, walking with, with God a lot like that. So we're going to take a few moments uh, here at the end of our service, and, and um, um, the elements are here behind me and then back there right in front of the sound booth uh, where we have a, a little basket of crackers, and then we have the, uh, the tray of juice. But let me just briefly explain Jesus um, established this on the night before he was taken, before he was betrayed. And we are told throughout the New Testament this is something that we are continue to do. Uh, and as often as we do it, we're, in, we're to do it in remembrance of him. Jesus, of course, on that night took bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples. And he told them, this is my body broken for you. Okay. Let, let, let me help you remember this, that God took on human flesh, walked among men, in a human body. And that body would be ripped apart, paying the price for sin. I want you to remember that. I want you to remember that the life of the flesh is in the blood, and that blood will be shed for you. I want you to remember that what he did there on the cross was for us. If that is something that you believe in, that you believe that Jesus Christ came and died for you, and your faith is in the fact that he died for you, I want to invite you to join with us. If, if there's any reason whatsoever that you're uncomfortable and you'd rather not participate, please don't feel awkward about just observing. But in a couple moments as the, as the music begins, folks are going to get up and, and come to one of these places and pick up a, a cracker and, and pick up a, a, a cup of juice, and they're going to return their seats. And then together we'll take a moment and we will remember that Jesus came to this earth in a human body that body was torn apart, uh, paying the price for our sin. 
and that he laid down that life. The life of that flesh is in his blood, and that blood was shed, paying the price for our sin. And we're going to remember that together, and we're going to worship him. I also want to encourage you, you know, during the time as the music's playing and you're getting uh, the elements and stuff like that, just to take th this time and, and just <laughs> follow that command that says pray. Okay? Uh, Jesus said, I, I want you talking to me. But I hope you can use this time just to, you know, kind of evaluate, hey, where, where am I? We sang a song before, uh, I'm not enough unless you come. Will you meet me here today? Well, let's meet with God, uh, especially if you haven't yet this morning. Let's take the next few times when it's a little quieter and make sure that we're focused on uh, that time as far as uh, meeting here with God uh, this day. So I'm going to pray. The music's going to begin. You'll see what folks are doing. If you'd like to participate, please do. If you'd like to just witness what's going on today, you're also welcome to do that. Our Father, um, yeah, I, I want to pause. Um, I get in, you know, a little preacher mode and, and what I need to accomplish here, and I just want to stop and um, uh, be overwhelmed for a minute that you have invited us into a close walk with you, into a personal relationship with you, Lord, that you want us talking to you uh, throughout this journey. And Lord, I, there are many times I look and I don't know what to do, but I do know that uh, you're there with me in the midst of that, and I'm so thankful for that. And Lord, I'm thankful that uh, you've given us this reminder that we have a God who cares an indescribable amount about us, an indescribable amount that he cares enough to lay down his life. And Lord, help us to take this very seriously. Help us to take this very somberly. Help us to um, you know, really think about what we're going to do in the next few minutes here, I pray in your name. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email, info at edwardsburg.church, or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.